is doing a different run than it has been doing the last month or so. So if uh, if I cut out, just continue talking, and I'll try to get back in. Yeah. But continue talking amongst are, yourselves. Are Mike or Missy joining us at all, or no? I no, no, they're not. Sounds good. Sorry, I was getting water. But yeah, sounds good. Hello. 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 What's up, bro? Hey, it's the What's Up, Bro podcast. We talk movies, sports, TV shows, pop culture, and it's funny, motherfuckers. With Neri Signs, I'm like, what? How can this? <laughs> they have Photoshop. Photoshop exists when this artist rendition was done. How the fuck is this not cooler looking than a sketch that looks like it was done by a hillbilly off the side of the road? What the fuck are we talking? Why is this a thing? So you're telling me there's a chance. With Missy. Just let me finish my thought before you fucking interrupt me. Wrong room to ask questions. Welcome to the party, pal. And Mike Markadon. I'm, I'm just glad I like vanilla boring sex like this. I like that. I'm glad that the sex I enjoy doesn't get me, won't get me killed. That's how winning is done. Hey, I'm Dave Chappelle, and this is What's Up, Bro. Welcome. Hello. To the podcast, uh, your your favorite podcast where you come to watch uh, people talk, debate, and argue over shit that maybe they don't know anything about. But it's funny either way. Uh, I am there. Signs uh, with me uh, usually is uh, Steph Animator Senior. Hello. All the way from the land and under. Uh, and today we have welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, Martika. No, I love having, I love being on here. So thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Uh, I am very much appreciating your Halloween look, uh, your goth look going on right now, your 1990s, the craft look that you got going on. I love it. Is that what I look like right now? Because you have jet black hair and then you have your hair up. And then you look very much like the craft, like in the craft. And She's missing is, like a choker, though, like a choker yes, a or choker. some and sort of like. By, by the way, this is a compliment, complete compliment. Absolutely. Uh, so yes. like my hair is what you're saying. It's very black. It looks very Are black. You're saying it's me. It's very black. Uh, anyways, so thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, it's it's been a lot. It's been uh, Steph. You've been away for a while. Yes. What's going on? Life stuff. Oh no, just. Nice. Honestly, just life stuff. And then I last week was out because it's the only day. <clears throat> Ooh, hello. <laughs> no, I was out because it was the only day for me to get a new tattoo. What'd you what get? You, what'd, you, what'd you get? <clears throat> um, so it's this. Hold on, can I see it on the camera? Ooh, there is no way to position this thing. Okay. It is on the inside of my arm. You can't see it. I'll show that, send a photo. I'll put it online later. It's this little bunny that I've had ever since, um, like a little porcelain bunny I've had ever since I was born. And it's just kind of gone with me everywhere I've moved. It's just one of those little things I just kind of keep taking. Um, I'm attached to her. And I know that now that I have kids, it is only a matter of time before something tragic happens to her. So okay. she now lives on my arm. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> So I have go. her, and then I have uh, my birth flowers and my son's birth flowers on it. That's, That's nice. That is uh, nice. 
I am so I am uh, I've been in the pro, I'm the lookout for a new tattoo artist for literally two and a half months now. And uh, I'm gonna get a new tattoo in like two or three weeks. And it's funny because whenever I talk to people about tattoos, they were like, What does it mean? Like when I tell them what I'm gonna get, they're like, What does it mean? I'm like, it, there's there's, like no it. Me- there's no meaning. There's no mean like there's no you know, and some of my tattoos have meaning, like my kids' names or something, but even within my kids' names, I remember when I got the tattoo of my daughter's name. It's my daughter's name in cursive. And then in the backdrop, there's five stars. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I chose stars is twofold. One, my wife really likes stars. And two, uh, I think it was something along the lines of like Sophia meant star in some language. I don't remember. But but I remember my, my wife liking stars. So I was like, oh, I'll put stars. But when I posted the picture of it on social media, people were like, oh, what do the five stars signify? And I'm like, I... but i I was like there's nothing i mean there was at that point i was my firstborn so it wasn't even like oh there's five of us i was like even if you included the two dogs there wouldn't be five like i wasn't like i I don't know what there was nothing there was like i i was like nothing aesthetically it looks nice like you know what i mean and as yeah as a as a designer stephanie you could relate to this when it just looks right you know what I mean? It just yeah. looks like if you have three stars, it, it will look empty. And if you have six, it looks like you have too much. And five yeah. stars look yeah, like best. This is like just balanced. <laughs> this is just... Yeah, it's just aesthetically, it look, that's the way it looked best. And people all the time... I mean, I have dumb... I have Wolverine and Superman. I have Tom and Jerry tattooed on me. And people are like, <laughs> is that reminiscing? Is that because of your childhood? And I'm like, I just like those things. I don't... This is... It's not that deep. There's nowhere yeah. where... You know what I mean? <clears throat> Look, My I have a never-ending tattoo. list of tattoos I want to get, and usually, yeah. I guess there isn't meaning to the ones I currently have. But pretty soon after you go for like far enough in the list, it just turns into I like this thing. Usually, it's for a reason that I like it. Yeah. But I just I'm, I'm gonna get a Sailor Moon tattoo at some point, not because like it's a huge thing in my life. Just like I like Sailor yeah. Moon. It, it doesn't signify it anything. It was it sparkly just... and girly. <laughs> it, you like it it's just it's a thing like i don't so i talk i tell people this and i and i'll you know when i get the tattoo i'll show i'll show people with a tattoo because i'm very like happy and excited but i've been it's been on looking for a new tattoo artist that's another thing looking for a new tattoo artist i've had the same guy every tattoo that i've that i've had with the exception of the very first one every tattoo that i got after that was has been the same artist Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm not going back to him is because he's now transitioning to he's he's you know as an artist he's transitioning into a phase where he only wants to do a certain style of tattoos which is American traditional which is like the ones that oh, I hate okay. the most it's just oh. I can't relate to those uh, and then I'm like cool and I told him I go I want to I want to get this I I, wanna, I have this idea for a tattoo but I don't want to make you do something that you don't want to do because as an artist myself I can relate to not wanting to do something yeah right. and his response. I wanted his response to be like, don't worry. What are you talking about? Just br- come over. I'll do it. It'll be fun. And his response was, I appreciate that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and you were disappointed? Okay. Like, come on. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess. Okay. I get it. And yeah. then I told this story to like You were expecting like, oh, I'm offering to pay for the meal, but then you're going to offer back. And yeah. then it'll be fine. Correct. <laughs> or at the very least, change. at okay. the very least, hey, I don't want to eat, but I know a friend of mine who would like to eat. 
You know what I mean? Like at the very least, like recommend somebody. And then he was like, I, I was like, yeah, I don't want to make you do something that you don't want to do as an artist. And he goes, I appreciate that. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That was it. I was like, oh man. And he just left me there. And I was like, I feel very, I felt very vulnerable. And I was like, oh, um, so violated. Oh, okay. So I just had to wait to uh i just had to like go around looking and i've been for two and a half months i've been like emailing and dming people on instagram and all this stuff you're there. dating and, again yes it's so difficult <laughs> i want to swipe right and then some of these people are extremely talented but they're what they're asking for is exuberant and again as an artist i'm fully aware that everybody's rate is different. You know what I mean? Like I've had that, I've had people come up to me and be like, I want to hire you for my Christmas party. And then when I tell them how much I charge, they're like, what the fuck? And then, you know, I never hear from them again. And I get it. I could be considered quote unquote expensive for comedians. But I, so when I, when I talk to tattoo artists and I tell them what I want and where I want it and how big I want it, I've had people anywhere from $700 to like 1500 that's going to take me three hours, so it'll be $1,600, $1, one guy told me. Again, very wow. talented. I'm not, I'm not taking away from their talent. I'm just like, that's, right. that's out of my, it's just out of my pocket range. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally yeah. my rent. My, that's my monthly mortgage plus my car payment plus uh, two, ga- two tanks of gas. Yeah. That's kind what $1,600 is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same, so, same, 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 absolutely. You know so, that I don't, I don't have a tattoo. I don't have tattoos. No, mm. I have it's not no. your thing. It's it's not that it's not my thing. So my dad, uh, may he rest in peace, because he passed away like three years ago. Um, he, desde niña, since I was a little girl, would tell me. Unfortunately, guys, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Like it's it is what it is. He was like, look, uh, you don't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari, and you know. <laughs> so if if you consider yourself a woman of class, like don't ever do it. Did, so, you, did your dad have a Ferrari? No, my dad did not so have how, a Ferrari. So how would he know where you put enough Ferrari? It's aspirational. It's aspirational. <laughs> Come on, don't be don't be rude to the dead man. Come on. Like, I'm not being rude to the dead man. I'm just I'm not. Wait, first of all, don't bring your father's death. You're the one that said I'm just bringing up the conversation that you said. I'm just like, okay, all right. But I'm just saying what he told me. Like you know, I know what he told yeah, me. It is a generational thing too. Yeah, I remember that's that old school mentality. Poppy passed away at what eighty one. 80? 80? Yeah, 80. So, again, like, come, think about it. In the 1930s, if you had a tattoo, like, you were either whore, sorry, and I'm, I'm not saying that you are, I'm just saying this is what they thought. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm for sure a whore. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with A whore, that. a prostitute, or un delinquente, or a delinquent. So, yeah. Papi instilled that in me. Entonces, I had an ex who, you know, who loved tattoos, and I was like this, and I'm talking about like this close to doing it, and mm-hmm. If I ever got one, it would be the Hamza or the Mal de Ojo. Like everybody who knows right. me knows I'm forever, I'm forever wearing my Mal de Ojo ring, which I don't have it on right now because I was washing my hands. But that's me. There you go. So it would be that. And I would literally would have put it behind my neck so that it wouldn't be seen. Like it wouldn't be visible. Like something. Yeah. yeah. And something small. But after popping. Show it when you want. Hide it when you want. Thank you. Correct. Because it's for me. Yeah. It wouldn't be for anybody else. Um, but then he passed away and I'm like, if I ever got a tattoo, like the man would literally kill me. And I feel like I would just be, he would literally haunt me. And he'd be in your ear being like, 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 what is it? Like just being like, just calling you like, 
Sí, 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 no. Puta. Like, descarada. You're no longer a Ferrari. You're, uh, you're, now, you're, now you're a beat of VW. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because I, my, my parents are super, again, generational and cultural, and they're very anti-tattoos, very, like, strictly anti-tattoos. And I wanted to get a tattoo for a thousand years before I got one. And I didn't because I was afraid because I still live with my parents and I was still afraid of my dad. Like legit. I was like, and it, it was a mixture of fear and or slash respect, but their fear was definitely there. It just isn't a not fear thing. And I remember one time I told him, I go, just to let you know, I'm going to get a tattoo. I know you don't like it, but I'm just letting you know as a man, I'm going to talk, I'm telling, talking to you as a man. This is like, I was 22 years old, 23 years old. As a man, and he goes, well, as a man, and, I got to talk yeah, to you as a man. And then he was like, well, yeah, I was like, yeah, and if you don't like it, I'm gonna go to my room and lock myself in my room. You can't do shit about it. And uh, <laughs> and, and so I did that. Uh, I told him that, and he goes, "Well, as a man, I'm glad you're talking to me as a man because as a man, if you know that I don't like it, then you wouldn't do it." And it took me two eight years after that to finally get it. And my now wife, then girlfriend, was like, "Stop being a pussy. If you want to get it, fucking get it. Yeah, stop being a pussy." And I was 25 years old, and I was like, "You know what? I do." And I've wanted, and I wanted to get the same thing forever. And I was like. It was like two years of me, two three years of me wanting to get the same thing, and that's mm-hmm. all I knew. I was like, no, this if I I've been if I've been thinking about this for three years, like it means. So then I got my first one. My first one was like one of the ones, one of the few ones in my body that is very symbolic and whatever the fuck. So I got my tattoo and I hid it from my parents as long as humanly possible, and it's on my arm, right? And it's this is so it's on my arm, right? And this is what my mom saw. My mom saw this one time. That's what she oh. saw. This, she saw that and then she was like what is that and blah 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 and then she was quote unquote doing me the favor by not telling my dad but in the conversation when she told me she goes i want to see what it is i go no you don't you don't want to see it you just want to criticize it i'm like i'm what's the point you're already upset about it anyway uh and then she said <laughs> she told me why couldn't you wait till i died that's what she told me <laughs> Because if you did that, you'd be dishonoring her. No, no. My response was, I was trying to, but you're just taking forever, man. It's just, you're just taking forever. And she thought that was funny, but didn't laugh. I know my mom. She thought that was funny, but didn't laugh. She's like, ah, baja ver, hope that, baja ver, baja ver. I would have slapped across the face. Why? That's hilarious. My son, excuse me. That's hilarious. That's what kind of stupid fucking question is that? What kind of stupid shit is that? Why didn't you wait till I die? Get the fuck out of here. What's wrong with you? So then I was like, so then I was like, so then I, 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 you uh, you wouldn't have done shit. And then, uh, uh, she found it funny. Uh, and then, uh, and then we, and then the next, (laughs) and then the next tattoo I got was a Superman tattoo. And my mom was caressing my arm. And then she was on the phone and she like under my sleeve, under my, under my short sleeve shirt, she saw the tattoo. She just saw a flash of color. And then she flipped the fuck out. My dad was there and she's like, look, he has tattoos and blah, blah. She's totally sold me out under the river. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I was just like, I played it off. Like, I don't care, but it, I legitimately was afraid. I was like, oh no, <laughs> my brother has a tattoo on his back that he got when he was 18 years old. He is two years older than me, which means he is 42 years old. And my parents pretty sure did not know about it as of three or four years ago. I don't know if they know about it now, 
I don't know because I haven't. I don't talk to my brother on a daily basis. Not that there's any. Not, no, just I just don't talk to him on a daily basis. But yeah. I haven't talked to him about his tattoo because he has that one tattoo that he got when he was 18 years old and it was on a back shoulder. And I remember him living at home. So long? Living at home, he would come out of the shower with his T-shirt over his shoulder, walking back from the bathroom to his bedroom. Yeah, he would walk out, and then. And then when he when he was like 25 years old, we're all cruising together. Everybody, the whole family is cruising and we all go to the beach and me, his his then girlfriend slash fiance slash soon to be wife. And we're all in the water and my brother's the last one to get in the water and my parents are on the sand on the beach. And I'm thinking to myself, I even said, I'm going to I can't wait. How the fuck is he going to get away with this one? Right. Because he's not one of those going to the water with your shirt on kind of guys. So. My brother got into the water, into the walking backwards, talking to my parents the entire time. Hey, we're going to black. And then just walking backwards into the water so they wouldn't see his shoulder blade. And it was he was 25 years old. And I was like, this is hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. Okay. You know what? It's it's a thing about respect. And I think that that's not respect. It's not respect. It's a fear thing. It's not respect. That's a, this is the thing that like a lot of like my white friends just don't get it. <laughs> they just don't get that. Like, I don't care what age I'm at. I can hear my mother in my head. Even, even right. if I joke disrespectfully about her, I'm just like, I'm just like <laughs> yeah. right. Well, I've said, I, 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 I use this. I use this example the other day. One, the, uh, last Thursday I had a show in Naples, uh, that, uh, a lot of people went to the show. Some people didn't, but it's fine. Uh, and then my friend who I went with, who, who went with me, she's a comedian. She was asking me, she's new, she's been doing it for two years, but she was asking me a lot of questions on the drive up there and on the drive back. She was asking me a lot of questions like, man, you, you, you go in and out with not being able to curse. Like, I see you like not like you, you, you could do that. I've seen you do the same jokes in different locations. And sometimes you curse like a sailor and sometimes you don't curse at all. And so I went through my deep explanation about like the, the punchline is never the curse word is never the punchline, yada, yada, yada. But she was like more interested in how do you do that? And I told her, I go, it's just been a lifetime of practice. I have no problem switching it in my head because to this day I'm 40 years old and I don't curse in front of my parents. Like I gave her that example. Like I've done radio and stuff like that. But the reason I'm able to confidently go on radio and know I'm not going to curse is because I'm 40 years old. And whenever I'm in front of my parents, I've never cursed in front of my parents. Even when I say, even because this is every conversation with my parents is in Spanish, but even when I'm trying to say like, Oh, that's bullshit. Like, Oh, I, I don't say, Oh, it's a mierda. I say, Oh, it's a basura. Like I literally censor myself with my yeah. parents and that's a respect issue. So I can tell the difference when I'm doing something out of respect for my parents and when I'm doing something out of fear for my parents, and those are two very different things and they sometimes go hand in hand, but I know when, it's a when, very when, thin when line. Yes. It's and even thin line. Sometimes, yeah. And sometimes it looks more like a Venn diagram. It's, yes, it's both things. Yes. But sometimes it is both. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My mom one time said, um, I said, I forgot what it was about our, uh, my childhood that I said, oh, yes, because I had, oh, oh, I didn't, like, I never went, I never went out and, like, uh, was out at all hours of the night, and I was always home, and I always told her where I was going to go, and she was like, yeah, that's because you had respect, and I go, no, I feared you, and my mom <laughs> goes, no, that's respect. There's a difference. I go, oh, I know there's a difference. I'm telling you, I feared you. Like there wasn't yeah. a question and there was no question mark at the end of my statement. I this wasn't feared a theory. you. <laughs> yeah, no, I actively feared. I remember being in school 
and every grade, even in high, even through high school, and I would act a fool in class because I was the class clown. But the moment the teacher would say, the moment the teacher would threaten me with calling home, over, done. We're not, we're not. Teach, teach. I was just joking. I was just joking. And usually, it usually took them about the first nine weeks of school for them to learn that trick. They're like, oh. He's a bitch. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Like it just, it didn't. You know what I mean? So yeah. So you had to rein you in. <laughs> yeah, that's from then on. They just knew they were like, oh, we just got to rein this motherfucker in right here from now on. So, but pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect. And now but I have a bunch of tattoos. Pretty good for a teacher because they know that you're the class clown that's not going to take shit too far. Because there's some people who are doing it just be dicks and like just to be trolls, and that has to be impossible to have in a class. Correct. I mean, I was, I mean, I didn't, I had undiagnosed ADHD. I know that now. Back then, I, did, I had no idea what ADHD was, but I was like, that That was a clear case of boredom. I was just bored. I'm making my own fun. This wasn't, this wasn't a, this was, it was never a disrespect issue. I was never trying to be the class clown to be an asshole. I was just like, I'm trying to have fun. And this is boring the fuck out of me right now. So I'm going to have my own fun. But um, it's funny. Were you, were you, um, did you win class clown for your senior superlative? I went to Braddock. There was oh. my grad. My school had fifty three hundred students. My graduating class was eighteen hundred students. Hell no! I'm like that's no. Like if the school was a thousand students and the graduating class was eight hundred or a thousand, I would have had a chance. I would have had a chance. <laughs> but there's no way my there's no way I could. There's no way that's that really? school is way that school is way too big. First of all, like yours and superiors. No, massive man. I, Braddock is, was back then. Be, be, this is before they they built two schools around Braddock just to alleviate mm-hmm. the attendance of Braddock. Since I graduated, they built two. They built Felix Verara, which yeah, was not around. Yeah, Verilla, and then and yeah, Ferguson. but those schools weren't. Around. They built those schools to alleviate Braddock's attendance because Braddock's attendance when I was going there had the distinction of being quote the largest high school in the southeastern United States. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. And knowing that, and, and this is not me having sour grapes. It's not like like it's not like one of those uh like it's not when an actor goes, oh, the Oscars are very political. <laughs> the superlatives, the superlatives were very. It's a it's a it's a um, it's a, a popularity a, a popularity contest. contest. Yeah. And I just wasn't I just wasn't that popular. Like I like I've, I I remember everybody in my classes that had me, they felt I was funny. But if you didn't have me for a class, which is the majority of students didn't have me for a class, I only had six right. classes a year. So if you didn't have me for a class, you didn't know about me and I wasn't popular at all. So I was very much under the radar, never did sports, never did any any extracurricular activities. I would go home or whatever. But during class, I was a class class. But no, I, I was no, I don't even I can't even tell you who won it for that for my school. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. I wouldn't know. What about you, Steph? Um, I didn't win any superlatives and I think sometimes I was surprised that people knew who I was but it was just because I was on the student announcements like I was the person who did the every day that's the only reason you'd see my face okay and, like and did you win anything automatically on in the classroom and that's the only reason I didn't I didn't go for any you- of that stuff though because Martika, did you win anything? Did you get any superlatives? Yes. <laughs> best, best hair. That's why she brought it up. She's like, no, no, because you said I'm gonna ask time. you guys. I'm gonna ask you guys so that you guys could ask me because I really want to go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What did you win? Did you get best? Did you get best hair? 
No, I did not get best hair. No, 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 never that. Um, most school spirited actually. Okay. Most school spirited because like you have to be like outgoing and stuff like that. Like, yeah, one of my friends won that. So I actually I got so I got hated on by a fucking cheerleader because I won versus her because she was a cheerleader. I'm like, just because you're a cheerleader doesn't mean you breathe, eat, and sweat freaking your high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was at every pep rally, like for homecoming, like un año, there was like, and this was, and this was, this would probably be like, um, I would be considered like white face or whatever, but I like painted myself like a geisha because it was Knights of the Orient. I freaking got in a, a Chinese dress. Like, you know what I mean? I, I obviously that's, called, to- that's called rep- rep- reparations now. It's culture appropriation. Yeah. Appropriation. <laughs> Culture appropriation. You guys are no fun. You know what I mean? Like, probably now, like, I post that picture. and I don't know when you're actually. (laughs) Like, you know, whatever. But the point is, like, I breathe. Like, it didn't even matter, like, if I looked ugly at that point. Like, I was at every pep rally. I was at football games. Like, I just lived and breathed, you know, Southwest. So the girl got (laughs) paid because she was, yeah, no, because she was like Stephanie who did, like, the morning announcements or whatever. Mm-hmm. And to like, I guess to backhand me because she didn't want, she didn't win. Um, they gave her like Miss, Miss, like, no say like morning show or whatever, Miss. Yeah. Like Miss TV show. And they like handed it to her and gave it to her and give her a little crown and shit. Like to be extra petty. I'm like, ma'am, that's not coming out in the yearbook. I'm coming out in the yearbook as most school spirit. Like, <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> My shit lives forever in print. Thank you. I love the fact. I love the fact that with no sense of irony, Martika was like, that's super petty. I'm coming out in the yearbook and you're not, bitch. <laughs> like, in, <laughs> no like, sense of irony in that one, huh? <laughs> but I'll say, like, obviously, I never said that to her, but if the chat, if like the opportunity would have presented itself, yeah, I would have, I would have said that. I'm like, uh huh. Okay. I'll be, I'm immortalized. You're not. Bye. But (laughs) (laughs) like to be extra petty. But um, yeah, I went most school spirited. I was first run off for homecoming queen. Like I was super involved. Mind you, I wasn't part of the popular clique though. If that, if that, if you can believe that, like I was friends with everybody. Like I didn't have one key group. So you were more of a butterfly. I was a butterfly. Yeah. Like you could have seen me chilling with the rockers one day and you could have seen, and this is terrible. Like I'm not with the refs the next, you know, like, like the what one used to say back in the day. Yeah. We used to say back in the day and I'm like, <laughs> now I cringe. I cringe. I cringe. I don't cringe. Why is that cringy? I don't understand why that's cringy. Because Who, like refugees, like, refugees, but re- refugees is an actual term. And that makes sense. There's not, that's not the you're not, saying, that's not like, listen, you couldn't you like, you know how I was like, oh, chilling with the refs was bad, mind you. We now in twenty. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That's not true. I never saw it as a bad as a See, negative. I always saw it. Bro, do you not remember back in the day? People would say like, oh, don't be refy as like an insult. People would say that. Okay. Like, people, wait, 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 wait. Where you're like, so people would say, like, don't be refy. We are like what would, most people, of us. Like a lot of people right. are from somewhere else. Like. People would say, don't be refy, but then people would also say, oh, don't be a dumb jock. Okay? So you can't say no. jock now because that's a, that's a negative. A negative. It's the same. It's, the same. it's, no, a, it's, it's very exactly the same. It's exactly no, the same. They would, say, don't be a ner- they would say, don't be a nerd. Oh, that's nerdy. 
all, 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 but nerd is cool now. But nerd is cool. If you're a nerd, you're cool now. No, and if you're refing now, I'm being because everybody, oh yeah, everybody listens to reggaeton now in 2021. In 2005, no, that shit didn't fly. Not me, because not me, because I wasn't. I'm not refing. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, wow, wow. <laughs> no, but it's not. I don't. I don't think they're remotely the same thing. Like one had to I do with exactly your background and where you were from and how you identified and what you were interested in, like listen to. And the other one, same thing. Same thing. What you identify? If you identify, if you identify as an athlete and you identify as the things you're interested in, and you're all those things could be could be turned uh, turned into a different term. Yeah, people can mock you for anything. Thing. But I'm saying like the actual phrase back then was like not. more of a negative. It had more of a negative connotation. Negative connotation. I feel like the phrase. I, I, dis- I disagree. With how many people in Miami like have toned down their Latinidad because of mm. shit like that? Don't be refy. Like they try to whitewash the shit out of us all the time in freaking in freaking high school. I I don't get I don't feel that at all. I feel that uh, the people that I know right now that are most successful in Miami are the people who have heightened their 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 culture. Because now it's background. cool. Because no, now be- it's cool. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like these are the same, but these are people who've never toned that down. I've never felt Me people either. toning down their. If anything, I've. Like I've had that. I think they're benefiting from the switch. Like the thing is, they're benefiting from the fact that the that generally people are more aware of things, more like interested in Mm -hmm. that. People are trying to hold on to their stuff a little more. Um, I feel like when we were growing up, we were still expected to like assimilate more. Uh huh. Correct. You know, like I was taught to speak like this. And it's one of the things where, like, I, for years, people would ask, like, why do you sound so white? And I'm like, because I had a professional make me. <laughs> like, And it's, you were forced. You were forced to do these things. Correct. Like, growing up and stuff. And, like, now, I don't know. People yeah, now it's, now it's cool. Now it's trendy. Now it's on Anglo stations. Hello, a... a um, Latinos are winning American Grammys, American Billboard Awards, American Awards. Because we're Hispanic, like it's that's it's cool now to be Latino. Hello, we need more represent. We're also getting more representation now. With the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl helped us out. Them being, you know, the Bad Bunnies of the world, the J Los of the world, the Shakiras, J Balvin's, etc. Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda, like for a big portion of like the country who just wouldn't be into that other stuff, all of a sudden discovered like Puerto Rico and like he's Hamilton, done a bunch it, of things. In the height. In the Heights, he has uh, that like sh- that movie that came out on Netflix, Vivo, which is about like it has like Cuban like as the background and in Miami, uh, right. and like there's obviously like you know one character Gloria Stefan plays like a character that's practically like a Celia, and yes. then there's like a movie he's making next year and like it's coming out next year called Encanto that's like Colombia. It's set in Colombia. Like you have an idea how excited I am for there to be a Disney movie about Colombia? Like it's huge. What it would do for childhood me, like I was obsessed with Selena when I was a kid because the first time I was I saw a Latin woman glorified mm-hmm. and like other people knew who she was, you know, right. other people will get the reference. And when I was told when I was a little kid, when I tried on like red lipstick for the first time, someone was like, oh, you look like a little Selena. I was like, oh, I feel pretty. Like It was the yeah. first time ever I felt that way. Like seeing these things, having people like hold on to those parts of their their culture and their identity. Like I love that we're finally there, and Correct. not back in the day where it was like if you 
yeah, frowned upon? Have you all, uh, at all acted like where you're originally from or even influenced by the cultures of your other friends around you in the city that we lived in? It was seen as, yeah, it was seen as bad. It was seen as refi. Yeah. Being Latino, it didn't matter where you were from, you were considered a ref. If you, if you spoke Spanish, if, yeah, if you spoke, if you were perfectly bilingual, if you had an accent when you would speak. Mm. Which is terrible. Oh, yeah, people were doing so much shit for accents back in the day. And it's one of those things where like people had just come over or like their parents had just come over and they just learned English from like their parents. Like, how are they not expected to have an accent? And like most of us do. And if we go to any other like state, people are like, why do you say ask like that? And I'm like, because, <laughs> because accent, never tell you. Say with an accent, man, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's but just it's me true. being me, baby. It's just me being me. But you know what? Um, I feel like a, I'm sorry, Nitty. What were you going to say? No, I wasn't saying anything. Honestly, I feel that, you know, J Balvin, como se llama, eh, Carol G, have paved the way for thing for that to happen. Shakira have paved the way for Colombia to have their spotlight, you know? Yeah. And this, the fact Melly. that like, bloomed so much in Colombia and it transcended to the U.S. that now yeah. it's like, oh my God, like everybody wants and to pave the way for a while. Yes, 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 yes. But now it's being recognized, which is great. So we, ha we have some comments. Melly says, Melly agrees with you ladies and says, agreed, it was quote, bad to be Latin Hispanic. Now it's trending. Uh, Maluka, et cetera, make it better. Uh, she says, I don't have an accent. Uh, Orlando people didn't hear my accent. Now Miami think I'm white and uh, I can't speak Spanish, et cetera. Now do you, is it that you can't speak Spanish or they think you can't speak Spanish? They think that she's white. I've and heard that she speaks Spanish fine. But because now that she's lived in Orlando long enough and everything softened out, people are like, oh, why are you sounding white when she doesn't? Right. Like she, you look, she's Cuban as shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she, she meant, I like the fact that she said, I met Maluma. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I've never seen it as a negative. I've never seen it as a negative. We didn't have representation in the 90s. Absolutely. That's correct. And all of these, all of these artists that you guys are mentioning are absolutely helping to bring us into the, the limelight. Uh, Fat Joe, I remember being Puerto Rican in the yeah. 90s, having, a, having that hit was a huge deal. Uh, big yeah. pun, all that stuff there, being Puerto Rican. That, that, uh, um, uh, I'm not a player. I just special out like that anthem was. It was an anthem of my childhood, of my of my high school years. So that was a big deal. So I agree with all of these things that uh, we didn't have enough representation, and to a large extent, we still don't um, in media. And I think all of this is helpful. But I've never, I've never, maybe because I lived in the Miami bubble, so I've never seen being Hispanic as, as a negative. I've never, I've never seen it as a minor. I've never seen it as like, oh, less than. I've, I've never seen it as you gotta, I gotta hide my accent. I gotta, I. This is the accent that I have. I never took a class to hide an accent. I never, I've never taken a class for it. I've never taken any of that. Um, I've never felt the need to hide any of it. Ironically, my standup. I've never talked about being Hispanic in my standup only because, not because I'm trying to hide it, but only because I always wanted to challenge myself as an artist right. to not go with the easy spoon fed material. What I felt was easy material for me, which is the same reason I never went with an overabundance of fat jokes. Did I have fat jokes? Do I have fat jokes in my repertoire? Sure. But I don't have an overabundance in them. I, I try to never open up a set with a fat joke. I try not to ever close a, a, a set with a fat joke. 
And it's not because I'm ashamed of being fat or I'm trying to hide the fact that I'm fat. It's one of those things where I don't feel I could hide being fat. I don't feel that I could hide being Hispanic. If you see me on stage, you can tell I'm fucking one of those things. I talk about being from Miami all the time and all that stuff there. Now it's different. Now I'm opening up more about my actual roots while on stage. And the reason I'm able to do that, I feel, is because I have put in 18 years worth of work to know that I can do it without having to say Hispanic, without having to verbally say it. this is, but this isn't me trying to hide it. This is me trying to grow as an artist and grow right. as a performer and be like, I want to do this. And I always used to equate this. This is a, a sports uh, analogy, but I always used to equate it. Eighteen years ago, when I started doing stand up, I would I would say, when you see a guy who's seven feet tall step on the basketball court, you expect him to dunk. To me, that's not impressive. To me, if you want to impress me, if you're seven feet tall, go outside and make some three-point shots. If you can consistently make a three-point shot as a seven-footer, that to me is more impressive than dunking the ball. It's easy to dunk the ball when you're seven feet tall. And that's what I feel I did. For the first 18 years of my career, I was a seven-footer shooting three-pointers. And I got really good at making three-pointers. And now I could fucking show you that, I. oh, by the way, I could also fucking dunk the ball. So I, I still got door. all of it. I get that. Yeah. But I ne- I never thought that I was, I never thought that Latinos were fucking like you had to hide. I never saw Refi as, as a negative. I remember saying it like, oh, that's a Refi thing to do, for example. Like, oh, that's a Refi thing to do, but not meaning negative, meaning like, oh, that's something that my family members who just got to this country would do. Like dressing in, de- in a denim shirt and denim jeans. Same color, de- all denim. I would say something Jada would do too. I would, but here's the thing: I would say, oh, that's refy. It'd be a jumpsuit, though. Right? I would. Uh, yeah, it would be a jumpsuit with a cute bow, and it's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> the fact that he knows there's a bow. Yeah, there's a fucking bow. Are you kidding me? J Lo not not wearing a bow. Get out of here with that. Well, not a bow, <laughs> but no, no, no. She's iconic for this, sweetheart. Yeah. The hoops. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So if she would wear a bow. Jada aesthetic right now. She wouldn't say that. She so you're saying she would not wear a bowl with that outfit. Get out of here with that. So, anyways, but I would so I would say things like, "Oh, that's Refi," never meaning it in a negative, just meaning it in very matter of factly. Like that's something that my family who just came over six months ago, eight months ago would wear. That's not negative. It's just that's not the Americanized style. That's that's all I meant. I never meant it negative, right? So maybe I'm just maybe speaking you from my didn't mean it negatively. Yeah, but yeah. People, but the general it. the general consensus, the general it, consensus, yeah. Like it, it was, was usually used in a with a negative connotation at the very least. Normally, oh, I, yeah. I got made fun of for for doing Celia Cruz for Hispanic heritage, and mind you, I wore I, outfit. Were you doing blackface? Because if you were doing blackface, you should have been made fun of. I no, gotta be honest. No, you- I was. <laughs> So no no no, but like I dressed like in an a white outfit, like like the eh, como se llama esto? Los trajes típico, like a typical Cuban outfit. Mm-hmm. It was white. I put my kids in those all the time. Huh? I put my kids in those all the time. You know what? You know what I'm talking about. Like, well, you're you're not Cuban though. You're Nicaraguense. Yeah, but we still have typical garment. Do you not? Um, do you think that no. Cubans own typical? Oh, are you talking about folkloric? Are you talking more about like the? Like it's more for chloric, correct. Oh, like oh, yeah, but we, all, we have similar, we all tend to have similar ones because I know Colombia does too. Because since we're coastal, yeah, yeah, but she's Cuban, so she thinks that she thinks that she owns that shit. Like, oh, Cuban, no, sir, stop trying to shit around on me. Okay. The point okay. was, 
that you literally I, said you literally said you don't have that you're not cuban you're nicaraguense you literally just said that showing that you think that cubans are the only ones that have no, you just said it no not the not the not the way that i because you guys use the your okay so your flag is blue and white correct am i right yes okay so can, for, uh, can you do me a favor uh stephanie while she's talking can you pull up my instagram and not too long ago for Hispanic heritage, I posted pictures of my children. Can you just, I can't do it because I'm on the Wi Fi. Tranquilo. Hold on. Canary signs. No, no, no. Just keep talking. She keep talking to Stephanie. We'll show the picture of what we're talking about. But go ahead. Isn't it? Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. Entonces, el punto es que, yeah. Um, it, I was hey. white with red sashes and basically, like, I got made fun of. Oh, but see, ours is a lot different. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Ours is different from yours. Look how cute they are. Yeah, way different, but beautiful. I love that. So cute. Melly says all of Caribbean and Central American people have the same type of clothes <laughs> with the white linen outfits. Really? Okay. I thought it was different. Like everybody had their Not own. Like pretty similar. We have pretty similar. I mean, but don't forget, like, you know, you had a lot of the same colonization, the same African Like there's a lot of same similar movement. It's so a Afro, it's a lot of Afro-Caribbean influences. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So yeah, I got super made fun of. Like the song that I sang, the way that I did it, like it was bad. And then two years show later, the picture, show the picture. I think people just like, like to make fun of people day. who put in effort. Like if you put in effort and you try, no. people are like, that's not cool. You tried something. Oh no, that's <laughs> not the same picture, Nitty. I know what you're talking about. No, that's I'm, not talking about the, I'm talking about the video. Put, put Show the video. That video was fantastic. Which video, Mirmorn? Was it a video? Which video was it? Was it you? Who was it that posted the video? Or was it Lucy? Lopez, um, yeah. they posted a video when the Cuban thing was popping off when the revolution was t uh, taken off a few months ago. Okay, you posted so much. One of you posted a video as as a child. They asked her. They asked Me. the little girl. There you go. That's what I'm saying. I know. I was like, no. I'm, uh. Yes, that was, That's a, that was kind of what video. I wore. Correct. Wait, what was it? Me. It was me. It was me. It was sure. me. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin exactly the more or less adult version, but yes, that's what I wore. Perade. That was me. Hold on. Hold on, wait. Oh, now, now the sounds don't work, right? Hold on. Yeah. Can you? Why do you do this? Why? I hate my phone. Yeah. Like that was adorable. I was like, oh, that's so adorable. Uh, so the same concept of that outfit is what I wore for como se llama for Hispanic heritage, and I got made fun of. And then two years later, I do nuestra belleza Latina. Mm -hmm. And those same bitches that were talking shit, a couple of them auditioned the following year. I'm like, ah, <laughs> But I'm too, but I'm too Hispanic, right? Okay, that's cute. All right. Yeah, like like I said, I think when we were younger, people just used to hate on anyone who would like try, like put in that extra, put themselves out there and things like that. People would just like, they, it's back when you're younger and people try to be like, too cool for anything. Like to put an effort. Yeah, it, that's a, that is a thing. In high school, that is a thing where if you put too much effort, 
people make fun of you because oh, like you're trying, like they just. And I think hard. it's, I think it's misplaced. I think it's misplaced. Um, uh, like that just speaks to uh, they are. What's that word I'm looking for? Stuff when you are, um, projecting. Putting, projecting. Thank you very much. It's just misplaced. Um they feel bad that they didn't that they didn't put effort and so they yeah. have to make fun of the person who did put effort uh, a lot of that goes around in high school specifically because that's when you start being your own person and you start putting your own effort for things because in elementary everybody puts an effort because it's not the kid it's the parents who are putting in the effort right Correct. so and then that starts phasing out the older you get so when you get to high school if you dress up for Halloween, it's because you wanted to dress up for Halloween. It's not because your parents made you. Yeah. And if you dressed up for, for Latin Heritage Month, it's because you wanted to dress up for Latin Heritage Month. It's not. And I think that the the more you try, the uncooler it is. That's why a lot of times, you know, I I never tried in high school. I, I never tried for anything, not because out of fear or anything. It's just because I was lazy as fuck and I never had my I never found my passion. I wish looking like everybody says that, like, oh, if you could go back to high school, if I could go back to high school, I would just be in drama. Like I, I know, I, I didn't know that that was a passion of mine, or that that could have been a passion of mine right. until I started doing stand up when I was twenty two years old. So it's very, yeah. it's very different, you know. Then, but I don't think that that they were just trying. I think that they were just. I think that they saw you, Martika, dressed up and going all out to the nines, and they felt bad that they didn't put any effort, and so they made fun of you for that. It's, I think, well, my it's kind of like trying to bring people down, back down to your level kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. their heads are like, oh, because like a lot of people, when you're so scared of standing out when you're a teenager, and I say this, I say you as in like the general yeah, right. public, people tend to get they so scared of standing out and then being, making themselves vulnerable that like when someone else willingly does it, it throws them off and it makes them uncomfortable because they're like, wait, how are you? Why are you doing this thing? I thought it was like a silent agreement that we're all supposed to kind of be part of the same little collective <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why, like, after a while, I think in I think in high school and stuff, I just kind of I went through that period when I was in middle school. So once I got to high school, I think I learned really early on, you know what? The more they stare, the better fuck it like i'm just gonna do what i want and if someone's staring at me you're thinking about me <laughs> yeah you had you had that stuff right because you you told us you've told us before on the podcast that you developed early physically and so you had all eyes on you at a very early age that you were like very much so you were already in that situation basically yeah, it's yeah, it was early. So it's just one of the things where I had to learn to not give a shit because when I did care, like people who were close to me made me feel bad for just existing in my own skin. And like, you know, yeah. like clothes fit differently from one year to the next because my body changed. And all of a sudden a skirt I was wearing months before that was perfectly acceptable all of a sudden made me, what was it they called me? An eighth street hoe. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You These see why you have a negative connotation to everything? Did you have tattoos right? though? Because if you had a tattoo, that that would have been. Fucking I would have solidified it. Absolutely. That it. Never mind. What? Thirteen. At least she doesn't have tattoos, Dad. That's true. That's true. She's an H three whore, but she doesn't have tattoos, tattoos. so there's always right. that. <laughs> Honestly, I, it's fucked. It's fucked for your besties when you're like, 
12, 13 to be saying that shit to you. So I learned very quickly, like, okay, these are probably not my people. Mm. Um, and like, you know, let certain friendships fade by the time I got to high school. And once I got to high school, I found the friendships with the people who were much more like, didn't give a shit. And we're just like, say whatever's on their mind and stuff like that. Like, yeah. You, I got to say, man, girls have it so much harder than guys. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. High school sucks for everybody, I think. But girls, especially, you guys have so much obstacles, so many obstacles you got to fucking go through. So much dumb logic mentality that you guys have to go through. It's like, holy Jesus Christ. Um, Melly agrees. Melly says teenage years are the worst. And she said, and Rookie says, good thing Steph didn't put a bumper sticker on that dress. <laughs> For real. Uh, so there you go. No, but wait. Uh, I feel like I feel like in high school though the reason why it was so bad for us it's because I think for girls especially it's boys made it really bad for us especially when yeah. they would you know tell us oh it's good to be you know have big boobs like if you had small tits like me I I had I had like small B cups you know what I mean like I was part of the itty bitty titty committee you know <laughs> I feel you. I you know, you. I'm, there with, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I had B cups too. So. <laughs> so, but it was, you know what I mean? Like, men would make you feel bad about being part of the itty bitty titty committee. You had also make movie. you feel bad about like having big tits too. It was like, it was exhausting. Wait, it was wait, exhausting. Wait, can I just always edit someone something? saying some shit. Can I just edit something that you said? And I'm agreeing with what you're saying in principle, but can we just edit that to boys? Because this is not men who are making you feel bad for having small titties. This is fucking high school boys. This yes. isn't men. That's There's a difference. And I know it's may, it may be semantic uh, at this point, but, you know, high school boys are fucking high school boys. They're, they're stupid. Yeah. Uh, but, they're, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying men, I'm not saying men are smarter. Uh, I'm not saying. Let me rephrase that. I'm not saying men are, are men are smart. I'm just saying that we typically are smarter than that, <laughs> than boys, than high school boys. Listen, better. If you went to listen, FIU, the men did not get better. They st they got worse as time progressed in college. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's unfortunate, but you know what, men like boys gave us body complexes. I know that for me, I hated the fact that I had small breasts. Like I would go to Victoria's Secret and buy a fucking water bra. So I would, you know, enhance the girls because I didn't want to be part of the itty bitty titty committee. You know what I mean? And Stephanie didn't need a water bra because she was already fully developed. <laughs> but yeah, but again, I think every like what Steph said that when you have big boobs like she did, she also got made fun of for that. So it it's it, there's no I, I've seen it. I oh, remember what? in high school so then what I was remember, the perfect tit size when you were in high school? Like that, that's what I'm saying. I think that's the like problem. No such, no such thing. That's what we were saying, and that's what we were saying before about trying too hard or about exceeding in something. Like I think the the whole point of high school, not the whole point. The, I think unfortunately about high school is like your goal is to not be seen. So you don't want to be seen because you have your boobs are too big and you don't want to be recognized because your boobs are too small. You want to be like somewhere in the middle where nobody recognizes you. Same thing goes for everything. The way you dress, you can't be, if you dress too good, it's one thing. If you dress too bad, it's another thing. If it's, it's all, if you're too fat, if you're too skinny, if you're too tall, if you're too short, it's all goes into the not be seen and you just want to like 
survive high school. That's what I, I mean. And that was my, I never consciously made that decision, but that was my whole thing where I was like, I'm not doing, I don't do sports. I never found what I had a passion for in high school. I wish I would have, but I didn't find it in high school. And my whole thing was just like, I went to school. I remember getting awards for perfect attendance throughout my entire scholastic career. And it's only because I didn't want to be because if I stayed home, I would have had to do chores. And I'm like, I'm not fucking staying home. I'm not going. That didn't make me a good student. Just because I went to school every day didn't make me a good student. But I so try to be you as, were sick. You still went. I tried. I, I was very good about not being sick. Uh, realistically speaking, I've always had a, a, a pretty good immune system. I was pretty good about not being sick. But my whole point is like I would just I'll go to school every day, but I would never get good grades. It was always just like be under the radar. Just be mm. in get just get through it enough, get through the minefield enough without getting taken too much damage. And that's where my son and that's where my I mean, from a very early and it started in middle school for me as far as my weight it goes as far as me making fun of my weight. I always used to make fun of my weight first. Like first things first, I'm gonna make fun of myself super loud. So anybody who has any thoughts of making fun of me for being fat. One, I'm already doing it, so I'm taking the piss out of you. And two, I'm doing it probably better than you can do it. So there's no point of fucking adding a, another joke because I'm already being that guy. Right. Uh, so, but that was, I think that's the thing. And th that's the problem with high school. Like you, you, and again, girls go through it so much worse than guys. Like we, everybody, high school sucks for everybody, but fuck, dude. I hear these horror stories from stuff and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I can't even yeah. fucking imagine. Yeah. And I always, cause I always think about the fact that like maybe I wasn't, like I didn't have the worst of it, like compared to some other people who've told me stories. And even then my stories, I tell each other people and they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, mm, bro, being a girl, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, yeah. And the yeah. worst part is that a, a lot of those insecurities, I don't know about you stuff or Neri, but they transcend to because you're an adult. Like, I know that that was my, that was it for me, sure. you know? Uh, my, yeah. I had a lot of insecurities uh, I remember what, so one time I'm dating this girl and it was right after my relationship, my five year relationship with the girl that ended up being a lesbian. And I only say that to give a point of reference because the girl was very, that girl was very abusive to me, both physically, mentally, emotionally, very abusive to me. And so that relationship ends and I'm now dating another girl. And I remember being at Denny's conversation I had at Denny's and she, the girl that I was dating at the time said, if she was so bad, why did you stay with her? Like that was the question. Mm -hmm. And I remember clearly never thinking about that question before, but without hesitation saying, you know, when your self-esteem is, when you have, when your self-esteem seems to think that that's the best you deserve, you stay there. Yep. That was my thing. Yeah, 100%. And I said that 100%. for the first time I said that out loud, but here's the thing. I didn't know that until I said it out loud. Correct. And the difference between me at that moment and me six months earlier with that other girl was stand-up. That's when I got into stand-up. Right. And me getting into stand-up at 22 years old gave me the confidence to because it showed me, hey, you're actually good at something. Yeah. You found and a again, passion. You found something you were yeah. excelling in. Correct. Own and I never, yours. I never experienced that before. I was never great at anything, and I was fine. I was, you know, even in video games, I was fine. I was decent, but I wasn't as the best video game player. Like even things I liked, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't the guy who knew the most about comic books. Like even the things that I liked that I never had, I never hid. By the way, I was never an in the closet geek. I've, I've like, I claim to like comic books since 
I was in third grade and all through middle school and people will call me nerd. I'll be like, I fucking love superheroes. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I love Disney movies. I remember being in middle school and people be like, oh, you're singing along to Aladdin. I'm like, yeah, this movie's fucking great. Like I was like not unapologetic, but I was never, I was never great at anything. I was never great at anything. And then when I found stand up, I was like, oh, I'm good at this. And this isn't me being cocky. This was like, oh, I'm getting a positive feedback. So that yeah. must mean I'm good at something. Okay. And so fa fast forward eight months later, I'm dating this new girl. And she's telling me this whole thing about like, why did you stay? In, if you, she was so abused, if she was so bad, why did you stay in that relationship? And I was like, because I thought I deserved that. I didn't know I deserved any better. Like that was the bottom line. And then so to go with your, to answer your question, Martika, about insecurities, transcending into adulthood, had it been, had, for personally, had it not been for stand up, I would still be, be in that insecure spot. Like comedy transcended everything for me. Like that, it, it just, everything else changed. My whole entire perspective on self worth, on everything else changed because of stand up for me. What about so you? I no, what would you say? What about you, Steph? Oh, um, honestly, I think, yeah, it's insecurities that slip in kind of take forever to shake off, right? Because I think. The being diagnosed with ADHD really early on um, in my childhood, I always knew I was different. I learned different. I like all these things were different. However, I was very lucky having the parents that I did. And like, you know, I had a pride in that and the fact that I was different. And like, because they gave me that ownership, I was able to balance that stuff out. However, I think there's parts of me that sometimes I will always go back and say that like, no matter what, no matter how great I feel at a certain time, sometimes I'm still that little girl who wrote a Valentine's to a boy, put little candies in it, folded it up, gave it to a friend to give him in class. And then like saw him opening it to read it and only just take the candy and throw everything else away in the trash. Oof, like brutal. I still go back to the fact that I'm still that even when the times in my life where I had lots of attention and stuff like that, like I would go back to that girl because I'm just like, but why? But why? But why? Even though I was I was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I'm like, I had confidence and ownership myself, possession and all these things. But every once in a while, that little would come back in. And it's like sometimes you have to like I forget what the word is, but it's kind of like having to go back and like comfort all these little pain points of your past and like go back and tell that little girl she's okay and go back and tell that teenage girl that the shit that people are saying about her isn't going to matter down the line and it's going to be okay tomorrow. Like having to go back and do a lot of stuff and tell them that they're okay. Like you're constantly still doing that as an adult. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, uh, first of all, I have to, I have two things okay. to say about that. One, what kind of candy was it? Uh, I'm very intrigued. It was Valentine's, it was the shitty little candy hearts. Oh, that, yeah, that's that's awful. Like, if it would have been Reese's Pieces, I would have been like, Well, it's working Reese's Pieces. What is he gonna do? Throw out the Reese's Pieces? Give me a fucking break. Um, but I, I will say, kind of money. I will say, Steph, that my daughter now she's in fourth grade. And she has a difficult time in school with other kids because my daughter, ADHD, super high, hyperactive. She is like I, I 
I don't tell her this, but in my mind, I say, like, she, I notice that she's almost like too caring. She wants to be everybody's friend and she wants to be super nice to everybody. And, and I, my wife and I have, you know, we, we have long talks and heart to hearts about because these little girls are so mean to her because she's always trying to be so nice and she's always trying to be like, this is my best friend and blah, blah, blah. And I have to tell my daughter, I'm like, look, and she, when she tells me about the girls being mean, I have to tell her, mama, just right now, they're just, you're too good for them. And you have to understand that later on, the things that make you awesome, that right now they don't want to talk to you about, is going to be the things that make you have friends for the rest of your life. I go, I don't have a lot of friends, but the friends that I have, I've had for 20, 30 years. I look at the friends that I have. I'm like, you're just like me. So I try to tell her like, like what you were just saying. The things that are happening to you right now are not going to matter in the future. Just understand that it sucks, and I know it sucks, and I'm so sorry you're going through this, but I promise you, you keep being the positive person you are. You keep being the good person you are. You're go it's going to work out. Just right now, it sucks, right? Yeah. So I'm having this conversation with my daughter. Two days ago, I'm sorry, yesterday, and I, I, this is my I did this on my Instagram story, so I'm sharing this now on the podcast. It was a very big deal. I pick her up from after school, and I'm picking her up, and I'm putting her in the car, and, and the, you know, you drive up to the car, you drive up to the school and then you park on the curb and you got to go pick them up physically. So I'm driving up and I put in the car and this lady waves me down from half the courtyard away. It's, it's a distance. And she said, excuse me, excuse me. And she waves me down. And, and I said, yes. And she goes, is, is she your daughter? And I said, yes. And she goes, she is so good at art. She's so good at drawing. And I said, thank you. And I go, yeah, she's really great. She takes after her, her uncle because I don't have any of that. I don't have that talent. I don't. I can't draw. I can't draw thick figures. I can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, no, she is super talented. And I go, thank you. And she goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. She goes, would you be interested? And she goes, what grade is she in? And I said, fourth. Actually, my daughter replied for me. She's my, uh, my daughter goes fourth. She goes, would you be interested in getting her ready to apply for magnet schools? Oh, my God. And I was like, and I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. And I was like, what is, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, she's a fourth grade now. Fifth graders, when you're in fifth grade, you start applying to go to magnet schools for middle school. Yeah. So she goes, what I want to do with her now is I want to work on her portfolio right now in fourth grade so that when she gets to fifth grade, she could already have a head start because her talent is far greater than those in fifth grade right now. And I was like, oh. and so I was telling, so my daughter's watching the whole thing because my daughter's in the car, but she does, we have a minivan and the sliding glass, do the sliding doors open. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was like, what's a magnet school? And she goes, that's where you would do art every day instead of once a week like you do now she goes you'll do art every day for two hours a day and my daughter flipped the fuck she's like oh my god that'd be awesome I want like that. and then the teacher was so cool she was like the teacher goes you're still gonna do the other subjects you're still gonna do math <laughs> <She was like, laughs> hold on hold on ma'am <laughs> you're still gonna do the other subjects hold on you're still gonna do the other subjects so she's having a conversation with me and she asked me how are you how are her grades i'm like oh they're okay right 
And my daughter again answers because my daughter is who she is. She goes A's, B's, and C's. And the, the teacher goes, "We got to turn." She turns to me and she goes, "We got to turn those C's to B's, and we got to turn those B's to A's." It's a very competitive situation. And I asked her, "Like, what does that mean? Like, what does magnet school?" So she's teaching me all of this information because I, I, I mean, why would anybody put Nary in a fucking magnet school? So I have no idea. I'm 40 years old. I have no idea what the fuck a magnet school is. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I've heard the term magnet school a thousand and ten times throughout my life. I have never taken the time to be like, "What does that mean?" And so she would be in, in whatever. So she's going through this whole thing. And she says, and I told her, because she's very talented, she has to work. And I told her, I, I told my daughter, I go, what did I tell you when I bought you your first sketchbook? What did I tell you? Like, we stood outside the art class, art store. And I said, you have an amazing talent. You have to nurture that talent. It's not enough to just have to be talented. You have to work at your talent. So I told her this a year ago when I bought her first sketchbook. And I, so she tells me, I need her to get a sketchbook. And I go, she has one. And she goes, no, I need her to get a, a sketchbook and you're going to get a new sketchbook. And then she tells my daughter, she goes, in it, you will not draw cartoons. You will not draw any anime. You will not draw Pokemon. And my daughter goes, that's all I can draw. And I looked at her and I go, no, that's the only thing you have drawn. But if you have the eye to be able to look at a Pokemon and draw a Pokemon, then you have the eye to be able to look at a, a rose and draw a rose. rose. It's not about it's all about what you're choosing to draw. And the, the teacher was like, thank you. And she goes, exactly what your dad said. She goes, between your parents, me, and we're going to nurture your talent. And she goes, I'm going to give you a list. The teacher was so great. She goes, I'm the new, she, the teacher was like, I'm the new art teacher. Hi, my name is whatever her name is. She goes, I'm the new art teacher. And this is what I want to do. So she explained to me the conversation I just told you. And then she goes, I have a list. And she goes, you're going to be able to pick from whatever you want to, but from the list that I have. So no cartoons, no oh, anime, but from the list that I have, I have a list. She goes, she needs a new, a new, a new sketchbook. And I'm literally on Amazon. I'm like, I'm buying, it's, it's going to be delivered tomorrow. Right. And then she goes, what she asked, the teacher asked Sophie goes, when do you, do I have you next? And she goes, Friday, she goes, Friday with your new sketchbook, you're going to remind me, I'm going to give you a list and you're going to pick things to draw. And I need you to remind me before class because the assignment that I give the rest of the class, that's not for you. You have a special assignment I'm putting you. And I was like, oh, so great. So I'm like, oh, ready. blah, blah. I get back in the car. This whole thing took like 10 minutes. And I get back in the car and I turn around. And I go, do you know what just happened right now? And I go, do you understand? She waved me down. Look how far away she was. This is how special you are. She waved me down from down the courtyard. She stood in the rain because it was raining. It wasn't pouring. It wasn't like all downhill. There was and she goes, she stood in the rain with me for 10 minutes to tell me how good you are at something. And the smile that came upon my daughter's face. And I was like, oh. and I went home and I told my wife this and I got like choked up. And I was like, I had yeah. to take, take like, retell the story. I had to take like breath. And my wife was like, don't fucking cry. Don't cry. I'm like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. And I was telling You're my wife. Crying, the story. Okay? I'm not telling, so I'm telling my wife the story. And then I tell her the story. She's like, oh, my God, that's so great. And the smile that came out. I'm like, you don't understand the smile that came out of his face when I told her, this is how good you are. This is how special you are. So next time you have somebody talking about you, next time you have your somebody saying something mean, understand that they don't have what you have. Correct. And they may be special in some other area, but you already know what you're special in. And I told her, I go, it took me, it took me 30, it took me 22 years to find out what I was special in. So I'm telling her all of this and the smile that came on her face. Fast forward five minutes after I tell my wife the story, after coming home, she's texting her friend 
the story and my wife is crying. I'm like, oh, so you could fucking cry. But it's all right for you to cry, but I can't cry when I'm telling you the story. And I was like, oh, this shit. So it's, it's just hearing, the, hearing stuff what you went through and hearing you say the phrase, I wish I could go back and tell that little girl, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, it, it just spoke to me that's my daughter like that's what i have to tell my daughter because of of, yeah. of assholes in in school of fucking dumb bullies listen do you want me to tell you something what first and foremost that teacher is special yeah, yeah. that good. teacher first and foremost i would like to say she is how is she's new she's a younger generation teacher no i well she looked she looked, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, she looked like she was in her 30s, but she said that she's the new teacher. So I think that oh. she meant that she's the new teacher at that school. At that she's school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, we need our kids to have more teachers like that. Who stick it out for them. Who stick it. Yeah. Because the fact that she did that, she took the time to speak to you. The fact that she took the time to educate you speaks volumes about her as a human. Mm-hmm. And, as, and as an educator, that's one. Two, the fact that kids are bullying your daughter and the kids that bullied us, well, we have to learn as adults, when people are in pain, they want to diminish and feel and make others feel less so that they can feel better about themselves. Right. But so remember exactly. something always. Other, and this is, I had to learn this through in therapy. Other people's behaviors have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah. That's a mantra that I have to constantly tell myself because I deal with bullshit at work. I deal with bullshit in in bullshit in in Instagram. And I have to remember hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah. So those little girls that are bullying on your daughter have to be hurt about something to have esa malicia dentro de ellas that have that malice in them to to be so mean to someone who's this, so special. You know what my daughter said to me the other day? My daughter said, you know, I, when because she told me about some girl going, like, interrupting her conversation and being like, um, mind your business. Telling my daughter to mind your, her business when the girl was the one interrupting her. And I said, next time that that happens, you just look at her and say, follow your own advice. And, and that's it. That's all you got to say is follow your own advice. And my daughter turns to me and goes, Papi, I think she says that because she has things going on in her life. Damn. She already knows. Your daughter's daughter, intuitive, sir. My daughter turns 10 in a week. She's Damn, nine she years old. Knows, like... She's nine years old. And when she said that, because my reaction was not, oh, there, she's going through shit. My reaction was like, this is what the fuck you say. You say, mind your own business. And fucking, you know, fucking, bleh, like, like Kevin Hart? I was going through like a rebuttal in my head. Like, what can I tell my daughter that would be okay for her to say that would still be a fucking snap, right? It'd be like, uh, you should follow your own advice. And my daughter was like, Papi, I think that she's go- like, when kids do that, it's because they're going through things. And I'm like, damn. She's so emotional. <laughs> Uh, but you know, many- like a part of that is like she has access to her empathy like early, right? Like she's very empathetic because you can see that she's trying to be nice to everyone, carrying it. Part of it is the the validation need that you have when it comes to ADHD. Like, but that's also one of the superpowers she's gonna get out of it. That she's yeah. gonna be just kind of aware of the things that are happening with other people sometimes because that's just something that she's gonna be paying attention to. Right. It's kind of like reading people. 
So like she's gonna be able to read people from early. And especially if she starts accessing, like if she starts getting more and more into art, she's gonna mm-hmm. be around other people who are into it too and also yeah. express themselves that way. Well, yeah. And it's just so much more of like it's just so much of a like great environment to put her in. Like um Melly says that she loves this and Mac, get her there, magnet school all the way. I'm assuming she meant magnet school. Yeah. Uh, 100% the teacher is special and 100% her people hurt people uh, in complete agreement. You know, it's funny because I hear that phrase every once in a blue moon. Like I haven't heard that phrase in like 10 years. Hurt people hurt people. But every time I hear it, I'm like, fuck, that's such a good, that's such a true statement. It's such a true thing. Like if you're happy. You're not out together with people. Yeah, it's so, it's such a true statement. I'm just like it, it's every time. Again, I haven't heard this in ten years until you just said it, Martika, and I was like, "Fuck, that's so true." Like it just mm-hmm. hit so home because I was like, "Yeah." Um, uh, Melly says that my daughter's an empath. Uh, he- <laughs> she's she's giving me a heads up. She's an empath. <laughs> yeah, and I think she and that says her, intu- her her grounded intuition in her uh, is an empath. Um, yeah, yeah she's saying after that she's like teacher boundaries because like I know what what Melly means by that. It's kind of like early on teaching Sophie that it's okay to have boundaries with other people because the thing when you're an em- when you're an empathetic person early and you're a child like you're not you don't think anyone's ever doing anything of malicia like so like y- you have to you have to learn early that it's okay to be like I don't like this and it's okay that I don't like this so I'm not going to do this thing even though it bothers you just like other people being bothered isn't more important than her comfort. <laughs> Correct. And like that's so hard to teach kids. That's so hard to teach kids. And especially an empath, because at the end of the day, um, when you're on an airplane, what do they always tell you? You have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of other people. Like when you have yeah. to save, you gotta save your own life before you can save your child, correct? So yeah. the same goes for her, and that's why it's so important to teach those boundaries because she has to protect herself as an empath so that she can be able to help others by proxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I got to go because I got a show in, in five minutes. So oh, I love you guys. Yeah. Uh, c- continue talking. Continue the show if you want. Uh, I love you. Uh, thank you so much, Martika, for having for being on. Uh, check out the website, whatwashisname.com. Check out my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. You guys are great. Shout out to Rookie and Izu and Yolanda for being our Patreon uh, um, uh, subscribers. Uh, go to WooBroPod. Uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash WooBroPod and WooBroPod on Cash App if you want to donate. But thank you, guys. Melly, you've been fantastic. I love you. Thank you. I've never met you, but you're great. Uh, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Melly. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, now we're just like off to fend for ourselves. I'm like, I don't even know how to stop the episode. I don't even know how to what? do it. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, what do we, Okay. <laughs> okay. So don't we have to do uh, who's the asshole? Yeah. No one gave me one. <laughs> Fuck me. How about this? I think the one is the asshole is that little boy who threw in my Valentine when he was in fifth grade. He is the asshole. He is the <laughs> asshole. Yeah, or the people who hated on us in high school for no reason. They're the, the assholes. assholes. They're the assholes. Yeah, how about that. Next time, I think I, I just, in the future, maybe we should like have people like write in who's the asshole in your life. Just tell me about who's the asshole in your life. I just want to know, like, cheese man. Like, that's it. <laughs> All the cheese man. I'm trying to figure out who's the asshole in my life this week. Or maybe I do know. I just don't want to put them out there. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to put them out there. <laughs> I don't want to start shit. I'm just like, I know who's the asshole. I think they know who they're the asshole. I know, actually, they don't. They don't. They're unaware. Oblivious. Most of the time, most of the time, they're super unaware. 
But you want me to tell you that today's episode is very, like, usually there's comedy, but I feel like today was very much heartfelt. And I think that it's a different yeah. type of cathartic. <laughs> right? Like, therapeutic. Yeah. You know, yeah, right? yeah. we're like, we're going to unpack a bunch of bullshit. Let's, let's, oh, some of our identity stuff. Let's unpack that. I, you know what? That I think that sometimes we forget as, like, people that do this and that are doing podcasts or just public figures in general, that as much as we love to be personas and just be out there and, and sometimes not show vulnerability, vulnerability, vulnerability. <laughs> honestly, when we're vulnerable like this and we say these stories, it makes people relate to us more. And I bet you that this episode, that there's someone out there listening that got bullied mm-hmm. in high school, that, has a kid has their child that's being bullied and, and are having these conversations or need to hear these conversations. Yeah. To prepare things early too, especially when it comes to kids, like getting any insight anywhere else about stuff that kids can go through is like, it's so vital. Like my parents did the absolute best that they could. They're great, fantastic parents, but even some of the traumas and things I've been through in my life, like if they could have avoided it, they would have, but they also didn't know any better when they were like, when they like with ADHD stuff, like they didn't know any of the other stuff that comes with the diagnosis other than just the schooling things. So like, because doctors told them like, Oh, she's just gonna, you're gonna have to be careful when it comes to her schooling, da da da. So when I was excelling in school, it's practically like they were like, we beat it. <laughs> it's done kind of thing. And that's not the reality of the situation. And there were so many other things that happened in my life because of it that if I would have had more context, it probably would have been easier to get through. Right. But like at the same time, like one of the things we're like, I, I want people to learn for about that through me. Like, right any of my other friends who their kids are going through stuff, I like tell them everything. I'm like, this is how, because like, you know, if people meet me nowadays and I tell them stuff that I went through in school, they're like surprised by it. But I'm like, just had to deal with a lot. I don't know, man. And I think it's just really different now too. Fortunately. Uh, I feel okay. So I'm on the fence about that because I feel like people are, have gone to the other side of the fence where it's like, they're too sensitive. Like there's a difference between being a bully and getting bullied and dealing mm-hmm. with it. Or, you know, I feel like now, and again, I think social media plays a huge part in the bullying and all that jazz. Sure. To everyone being sensitive about everything. Like you can't talk about a certain subject without having to apologize about saying something. Yeah. I think we're still learning how to broach certain subjects. Because it's such, think about it like in the last few generations, the the way we broach certain things, even the thing about like the referee like comment and stuff like that, it's so completely different now that I think people didn't learn how to actually broach those subjects and like how to talk about certain sensitive things mm-hmm. without like without necessarily um, being super divisive. Like right. being able to have the conversation and not an argument is trickier now. But people aren't so willing to have conversations either way. They're willing to argue their points. Yeah. You even it is, it is It is more difficult, I feel like, to stay even keeled and to, like, have a conversation with someone. Because I remember, I, I think even just recently, as of a few years ago, having a conversation with um, the brother of a friend. And he was telling me 
he was having questions about feminism. And I was trying to explain to him about like feminism. What he was describing was misandry. What he was describing was like people who are anti-man. And I'm like, mm, well, that's not what it's supposed to be. And I'm just, I decided to just be really chill about it and talk to him about my personal experience rather than a full blanket statement. I'm right. Like, Personally, this is what it means to me. This is what it's been. Da -da -da -da. And we ended up having like a good two hour conversation Right. And by the end of the conversation, he's like, oh, like the way you bring it up is actually really interesting. Like that makes that those part makes sense. If it was like, I wish it was like that all around. And I'm like, but it, I think it is more than you than you're aware. You probably only hear the loudest voices. And it kind of gave him something else to think about. And I'm not saying I cured the man in an afternoon, but this like, you know, these little conversations people have do make a difference. That guy now is actually a very supportive father of their trans child. And like, he's become extremely progressive and extremely like outspoken when it comes to um, being inclusive and things like that. And that was what, a four year difference, four year gap. It's just like every conversation with people just helps kind of form different viewpoints. But that's also if you're willing to open up your mind oh. to grasp a different concept. Different concept. 100%. I know a lot of people now that don't particularly agree with going to therapy. They think if you're going yeah. to therapy, it's because you're crazy. And it's kind of like, no, I honestly I'm trying to keep myself from going crazy. <laughs> correct. <laughs> honestly, I've gotten to the point where I feel like everybody, and I do mean this. Even the most sane person that thinks they're saying no, go to a therapist and go to and talk to a psychologist and let them go into your mind so you can analyze and realize why you think the way you do. You don't take your car to the garage only when it breaks down. Correct. Like you have to go get a tune-up. <laughs> like correct. Just go, go get it checked out. Something like that. Like I think I think therapy or just I think just people being able to have any experience when it comes to any kind of psychological stuff and being able like talk therapy or maybe even groups or mm -hmm. anything that lets you have an objective conversation with someone without necessarily being in an echo chamber. Cause that's the thing you got to be careful about is sticking yourself in any kind of echo chamber because like sometimes you can go there for comfort, right? Like I love TikTok cause TikTok knows my algorithm and feeds me the things that I like, but I know that's what's happening. <laughs> Like that's what's happening. I can't sit there and be like, this is all the only viewpoint, the only truth that anyone who th uh, thinks otherwise, uh, other than these things I'm being fed by something is incorrect. So like having to, I don't know, I guess having to balance yourself between those things is, I think it's a skill that's learned. And I think that's why when we're younger and so many of our core beliefs are so vital and important to us. It's harder to have some of these conversations because like they're a safety blanket. Yeah. There are, they're a safety blanket. They, they're part of our, def their definitions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's how we categorize ourselves. Like, so having anyone chink into that or like is extremely unsettling then, yep. especially, especially when we have like a million new chemicals running through our brain and like everything is heightened. Correct. And like now so many, so many people, younger, younger people are more exposed to each other and on social media that like has to be overwhelming. It just has to be so exhausting and overwhelming all the time. 
like you're still figuring out who you are as a human and as a person. And then you have the entire world, depending on where you land on the internet, telling you something you like or something you're into is either a hundred percent the perfect thing or a hundred percent the worst thing. Like exhausting, exhausting. And the worst part is that we can't, and the world is ever growing, ever progressing that we can't stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I love social media because of what it does for us um, as yeah. people that work in the industry, it, it, I mean, it has opened up avenues. But at the same time, I feel like it's inhibited us from like not learning. I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. social media blinds you. I feel like social media sometimes can even hurt relationships. You know, I post up things sometimes on my socials and I'll get people thinking that I'm talking about me. And it's like, no, I just agree with this or it's something that happens or I know people that would find this funny and they automatically assume that it's about them or that it's about a situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just went, I, you know, I'm going through a breakup right now. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been like about... I want to say we broke up like August, September mm-hmm. and, um, you know, anything that I post my ex or his family thinks about them. Oh yeah. yeah. And then, and then they'll post La Hindirectas. Oh God. Vague posting is so exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and- it's really, And I say that as someone who like, it's weird, like being on that line, right? Because when you're on social media, sometimes you use it as your escape or you also sometimes will use it as your therapy, which is probably not the best thing to do all the time. But like, suppose like here, I've openly discussed certain things about like my past and stuff. If anyone who's part of that past would listen, they'll feel like I'm vague posting about them or like, like vaguely talking about them. And sometimes you are really just trying to express yourself and your experience. And social media hasn't like made our world so small that even if you're just having this conversation with the people that you think are just following you in your little world, those old parts of your life and world are still like attached. Right. And like, you can't just keep moving, keep shifting. Cause like you carry everything with you now because the internet's forever. Right. You know? So like that, I feel like I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like for the generation behind us who like, that's all they've ever known. You know, whereas we still have memories of life before that. Like yeah. we're, I think that we're, we're the last generation that's gonna ever remember life before the internet. Yeah, that's weird. Like that's crazy. That's nuts. Right, right. We had beavers. We're, we're gonna be the old people though when we say these things to our children or to like our like nieces and nephews or grandnieces and nephews in the future. They're gonna be like, okay, <laughs> correct, correct. And we have tapes and CDs. Yeah, uh, and they're yeah, not because like, you can get well, exactly. we had iPods, iPods. Uh, the go. next generation's not they're, what's an iPod? No, why? Because now their phone, you can download Spotify, you can download Apple Music. They won't even remember what it was to buy a song. Do you remember spending a shit ton of money on iTunes to buy a freaking song? They yeah. They won't remember what it's like to just forget a lyric and sing it wrong, and then you're singing it wrong like that for years, years. because there's no no one else knows and everyone else is singing it wrong. Like <laughs> there is no there is no such thing as questions anymore. Like even like, 
it is so much easier at the minute, like with my child, like there are times where I'm about to feed them something and I look up being like, can I give him this thing? I can't like the things that our generations, our parents were are told now that things that they did are horrible. Like how the hell were they supposed to know? They only had so much information right in front of them. Now we're like, I know all the things. Right. And all the possibilities. And Correct. I'm terrified by all of them. <laughs> like everything is horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. We had to go to libraries to find information. I know. We had to know what the Dewey Decimal System was. Yes. What? Oh my God, you're not going to know. Yeah. Talk about aging ourselves. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> you literally just, yeah. Yeah. And how? And we how had to take tests about that shit. We had to take tests about the Dewey yeah. Decimal System. Correct. Correct. And how to find the, oh my God, you had to go to a specific section to get the specific book. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know about that. All they have to do is, okay, Google. Okay. I need to learn about Benjamin Franklin. All right. And all, yeah. and all things Wikipedia, which by yeah. the way, Wikipedia is not a valuable source, but then, the, but nonetheless. Yeah. That, but yeah, they still have to, the, the thing that they have to deal with now that's exhausting, which I mean, we still have to deal with too, but they'll never have an experience other than this is having a million sources at their fingertips and having to figure out which one is bullshit. <laughs> Which of these sources is bullshit? What's how to read between the lines to read between the bias is like a whole skill that they are going to have that our parents never had the chance to do. Right. Well, yeah. that's if they learn that bias, like if they learn to read sure. between the lines, because what if they don't, what if they like stay within what they think and what they know because of the algorithms, our phones are programmed to teach us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then because of the algorithms, it's why like it's why you see people sometimes they get radicalized and everything like that's because like all the stuff that's being fed to them. Like there's people who know how to manipulate that stuff. It's it's scary. It's I, feel, scary. I, I feel bad for your son. Yeah. <laughs> and for the kids that I may have someday, whenever I plan to have them. You know, yeah. When I finally, this is why I keep saying that as like as the as the feminist that I am, I feel like the universe just decided to be like, all right, cool, I'm gonna give you men now, I'm gonna give you boys, you're gonna make the good ones. Put your money where your mouth is. I love oh, that. I can do are, it. Are you planning on right. having a second or just yes? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna try for a second. But now I need one too. Soonish, soonish. Okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, it's one of those things where I just don't. I don't want to be too old of a mom. And like, I'm already tired. <laughs> imagine, and that's just with one, imagine with two. I know. Look, honestly, the reasoning I always give is like, right now, I have the experience of not knowing what regular sleep is, right? And I'm functioning on like, fucked sleep. I don't want to all of a sudden experience having sleep again and then having to go through this all over again. I want to get it all out at the same time. So that the day that I get to like start being able to actually have like regular sleep and functioning like how I used to, it's just like, that's how it is. That's how it is. Cool. I will deal with the insomnia for like a couple more years. And then after that, I'm starting to get my pattern down, which is good. Gotcha. It's all it's all about day it's all about nightly face masks and eye masks. You look great. Thank you. You don't look like you're tired. <laughs> There's I have a system. It's because I have a system. You're gonna have to teach me that system the day that I plan on having kids. Yeah. yeah. I have my whole 
my whole skin regimen, <laughs> my whole everything got it down. That and I think there's something in Colombian water that makes Colombian women just age gracefully. Look at Shakira. Girl, yeah. She's like, what, 40? And she looks More. Yeah. 20. Yeah, there's something there's something in the in, in the waters of Colombian women and Puerto Rican women that they just age amazingly. Mm-hmm. Latinas in general, we're very lucky. What's the thing uh, called like the Latina Patina? Like, we just... For the most part, for the most part, I feel like I feel like I some I, I look at myself some days and I'm like, all right, I'm aging gracefully, and then there are days and I'm like, ah. oh, but that happens with everybody. There's days where you just wake up and you're like, who are you? Like, what is this? Where did that come from? Like, <laughs> what is this crack and cranny right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah thinking about all the injectables and all the things to like prevent. I know it's so tempting, but then I also really like using my face. <laughs> I mean, I have Botox on my forehead, and I still can use my face. Oh, that's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. But it's, See, I know people who go like too far, and then it's like, like freeze. I mean, but I do yeah, want to like. Yeah, I I still want to have like muecas. Like I still want to be able to do things, right? Like. <laughs> like I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's it's because we're very ex- we like to express ourselves. We're very expressive. Yeah. Like I need all these parts. So like like I want I want something in the middle. <laughs> I have told my partner though that like the way I always say it is like plastic surgery is like part of the natural evolution of a like Colombian woman. So like once we're done with the babies, things are going back to where they were. Like <laughs> you're gonna get a I don't know if like full full but like i'll do something like we'll see how we go with whatever i can do naturally and then from there it's gonna be like a a touch-up a touch-up to be like let everything's just gonna be where it was we're just gonna have a little bit of a time travel and that's it (laughs) a little one listen i'm all for plastic surgery i am i mean i'm a byproduct of plastic surgery and i now because of my accident i have to redo my my nose why? So I have a nasal and septal fracture. Like you mm-hmm. can't see it now, but like, look, you see a septal needle. Oh, yeah, it's oh bad. shit! Yeah, I couldn't even notice until you pointed it out. But yeah, you have to. I I literally have to go like this. And you're like, oh fuck, her right side is is gone. So now I'm right now searching for doctors, and plastic surgeons don't want to deal with insurances. So even though I was in an accident and it's, a you know, it's not like this is for health reasons, not just yeah. reasons. Most plastic surgeons do not take health insurance. So oh, I have this out of pocket. Bro, the American healthcare system is just. Mm-hmm. I have so many opinions. Uh-huh. I have to pay for it out of pocket. And, um. Who knew that Miami rhinoplasty is cheaper than freaking Tampa rhinoplasty? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 I wouldn't expect as much. Yeah. So in Miami, it's like 10K. Here it's 13. Oh, that's so much. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm working. I'm working with the doctor to get it to less than 10K. But still, it's still going to be... Eight nine thousand dollars to get Shit. my 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 nose fixed. Shit. Yeah, Shit. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't really done any of the price stuff here. I don't know how much things are here when it comes to like elective, but like if because your part of like yours was in an accident, like it wouldn't be considered elective. Like so that's why to me I'm it's just weird. It's just weird that it can't be considered as something that it could be covered. I don't know, man. I that could be a whole other podcast on its own. Yeah, let's, not, let's not go there. We've already listen, we've yeah. already been talking shit for an hour and thirty-five minutes, ma'am. Like that's usually how it goes on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, today again, like I said before, like we we touched on such like gut wrenching, like heart churning subjects. Yeah. So happened by accident. This is what happens when we don't have like an agenda. It's we just ended up talking about like actual life, and then shit happens. But that's but it's beautiful. Like everything yeah. intertwined and weaves so beautifully and. What yeah. happened to Neri's daughter is just something so remarkable that I think it needed to be set out into the universe. Yeah. Because it's I'm it actually is, really pleased for her. Right? I'm really, really happy for her. That girl, like, she is a special little one. Yeah. I've never met her. I've, I, you know, I just obviously hear about her because of Neri. How many kids does Neri have? Like three, three. or four? Three. three now. Yeah. Yeah. Three kids, two dogs. Full house, man. <laughs> And you just have the one and you're already going crazy. I know. Freaking, like, Vanessa's a beast. She's awesome. Like, I'm just like, bro. (laughs) And he's fantastic, but it's just been such a huge adjustment that I'm just like, I know I'm in a really good place when I'm like, this has been a huge adjustment. I want another. (laughs) Give me another one. (laughs) It's like a drink. I'll have another. Yeah, let's just do it. Like, yeah, like my never-ending list of tattoos. I'm like, cool. Let's do it again. So what's your next one? My next tattoo? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking... I actually really want a fruit bat. <laughs> a little fruit bat. Okay. Just because the you fruit want... Bats, they're over here. They're also called flying foxes. So it's a specific kind of bat. It's the ones that look a little more puppyish or foxy. Like, they're, they just have, like, they have cuter faces. They're really... Um, they're all over the place here in Queensland. So in the apartment that I live in my balcony, every single night at sunset, all the bats from the river fly out and like fly past my balcony to like, find like the other places where they chill. Yeah, see how happy it is? It's a, it does look like a puppy. It does. It looks like a flying puppy. Right. <laughs> They're so cute. And they fly and just watching them at sunset coming by the window and stuff like that. It's always been one of my favorite views of my apartment and stuff. Right. I just want to find like I want to get a cutesy kind of illustrated version of one. I don't want it to be like photorealistic. I want it to be like a like, yeah, kind of like almost looking like a child's book illustration of one. Because I like illustration type stuff. Okay. Like, I want to look like want to look like a kid's art book. <laughs> I mean that's nice. I mean it's it's art. Everyone has a particular yeah. Everyone has a particular style. Mine tends to be like nice, clean little lines and things like that. So I want to have something like that. That and I know at some point my my partner and I are going to get one together. We're just going to get the little. Have you ever seen anything by Studio Ghibli? It's like this animation studio that's done like Howl's Moving Castle. Like did a lot of really popular. Um, oh, I forget where it's from. Japan. Crap. Still, still, let me look it up. So Studio Ghibli. So it's G-H-I-B-L-I. G-H-I-B-L-I. Yeah. 
So oh, there's this little it's like anime. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's anime, it's anime style movies. It's just not like the TV shows you would usually see. Yeah, it's very nostalgic, very quiet, beautiful movies. It's there's this like sense, yeah, there's a sense of like childhood nostalgia in a lot of them. It's really pretty. This kind of looks like Pachaco in a way, like kind of. Yeah, so it's very like a lot of it's just the vibe is like a lot older. Yeah, the vibe is a lot older. I there's just like a little character from one of the things that I've always loved. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, so little things like that. It's going to be tiny little references and cute little characters and stuff. And like, yeah, the ne- the list is never ending. <laughs> okay, this looks like a movie that I'd watch. Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. That looks like something. Oh, Princess Monok. Okay. Castle. Mon- okay. Mon- bueno, I said it wrong. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor... Totoro? Yeah, my neighbor Totoro. That one's cute too. Like okay. that one's really sweet. Okay. This is something yeah. I should get into. I'll look into it. I'll look into yeah, it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I I think when it comes to anime movies, I think those are good ones to like toe in to because it's not super dramatic and crazy. They're very like, lovely. They're just pretty movies. Okay. Good. Because I can't get into certain animes that my my ex wanted me to watch anime and I just could mm-hmm. not get into it for the life of me. And so yeah. when I see that, I'm like, okay, this is more more my speed. Yeah. What did yeah. he try to make you watch? I forgot. There's so many that he made me want to watch. Um, que se me olvida. Because yeah. he, has like a, he has his his fire stick hacked. So like a specific... I, I, to tell you, some, I have like a really bad memory. Um, it's like a, a Funimation. Is that is that oh, a thing? Yeah, yeah. And it's like hacks all the anime, and it's like a world of anime. And it has different anime. It's like I didn't know so many animes existed. I'm like, damn, I'm in so much. It is so much. Like I'm it's only hard to like get into everything. One anime series. And that's because my girl best friend from high school mm-hmm. showed it to me. And it's called Sarah's. C-E-R-E-S. Yes. I don't know. No? Don't know that one. Um, hold on. I'll Google it. Sarah's anime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the... Okay. How old is this? This is like old. Like, yeah. Sarah's <laughs> a celestial legend. It was, yeah, in the 2000s. Of course. Fucking, again. I watched it in 2005, 2006 with my girl BFF. But needless to say, that type of anime I could watch, I could watch Sailor Moon. Give me those types of stories. When it gets to the weirder things, like he like the Seven Deadly Sins one, I want to say. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Seven Deadly Sins is one of them. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself, but my partner has. There's one apparently that they have like big boobs and big butts and like they I mean fight. that's a lot of them. <laughs> that's a lot of them. But like they battle each other with their tits and their ass. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. You know what? I'm not even surprised. I'm not even remotely surprised. Yeah, those are the things that you want me to watch. I'm like, and apparently there's a series now of anime with all the gods and all the like the, the mortal, the mortals mm-hmm. destroy the earth, and then Aphrodite is this one chick where two men are just holding on to her breast. 
Okay. <laughs> Hold on, wait, so you can see the visual. I'm like, that is my spirit animal. Like, I would just love for <laughs> my future costume for Halloween. <laughs> yes. Aphrodite anime character. Yes. You see? Yes. Literally. Hold on. Images. Where is she? Aphrodite. Yeah, look. <laughs> She's so casual about it, too. Like, so casual. Like, there's gi these ginormous breasts, and then these two men just, are holding on to her. Yeah. You know so, what? You know what? Who needs a bra? <laughs> Who needs a bra? <laughs> it's Ragnarok. Yes. Record of, Ragnarok. yeah. Valkyrie Ragnarok. We could, all, we could all use that kind of support in our lives. Right? Just two <laughs> random men, like, holding on to our breasts, just... Just casually, just like her having a conversation. She's just chatting about something else. And she's like, I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> At least her back doesn't hurt. Right. Well, that's, I mean, with how big her boobs are in this, in this, uh, in this picture, I would, I would assume. And you know that people have done this obviously in cosplay. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, let me actually look that up. Anime cosplay. Cause that has to. There's some impressive freaking anime cosplays out there. Like when it comes to like those like comic book conventions and stuff like that, it is like really impressive to see the effort that people like put in and are able to like make on their own. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the commitment. <laughs> the commitment. Yeah. From who? From her or from the men? Because obviously. No, well, from, from her because the men I'm sure don't mind. <laughs> Like to be so uncomfortable for a guy to just be grabbing your breast. Just I'm sure they're plenty comfortable. <laughs> yeah. For her, I'm saying like what is he? Doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the confidence though. What a confidence boost. Well, I mean, she has great tits. And yeah. obviously they're not hers or or she, you know, or it's one of those like um breastplates. Breastplate things, yeah. Cause that's what it looks like. It looks like one of the breastplates that you like actually put on. Like and you like the like drag queens do. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, well, you have like the perfect boobs because of it. Yeah. It could be. If if this picture were just yeah, it does it does look breastplate-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Her face is un like her face is uncanny valley, like like an anime character. <laughs> yeah. Or a sex doll. <laughs> oh look, 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 look. Another one. Oh, see, but see, she has like her face. She still looks like she's a person. The other one was unsettling because she did not look like a person anymore from the image that you showed me. Like she straight up looked like a doll, like an actual. Are they? See, now I'm playing the game of are they real? Are they not? Like, oh, that's a breastplate. Look at it. Look at it. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah, that actually has actual. Yeah, yeah. that's a breastplate. But nonetheless, wait, don't cancel. Okay. Yeah, but you see. Yeah. The cosplay is great, bro. It's impressive stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. it's yeah. stuff we can do. I think we should on that note. On that note, on of course, of course, you ended on that. Of course. So now, in the true fashion of Rubro, we'll end on the boobs, on <laughs> the tits. Darren, Aaron, you can't couldn't be here to talk about the titties. Damn it! Oh God, the amount of the comments. We were. I feel like we missed out. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna have to have him like watch this bit just so he yeah. can like comment and say what he needs to say. Yeah, just do edit online later. 
Well, on that note, we should wrap this up. Yes. um, I don't remember how we wrap up because I'm never the one who does it. So if you would like to check out more of our stuff, follow Martika at Martha Maria Lopez TV. You can find me on Instagram at hello underscore my dear Watson. Uh, You can find more of our associated podcasts on the links would it would be woodwell.net i believe oh shit i forgot oh no i gotta do my homework <laughs> it's okay you know what follow woobro pod on instagram facebook youtube mm-hmm. and you'll find a lot of our links to under nary's stuff and you can find him under nary signs in instagram or what was his name.com and that'll lead you to all of our stuff uh, if you would like to be um, one of our sponsors or Patreons and subscribe through Patreon, you can follow us on Patreon under Wubo Pod. Uh, you can also donate on the Cash App and help keep this going forward. Um, you can see the Cash App symbol in the bottom there uh, under Wubo Pod as well. Yes. Uh, and with that, I think we just end off with uh, give us money. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank you so much for joining, everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.